Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. That's it. Nice. Right, well, I'm delighted to be joined by, hang on, Ruri McConaughey. Have I got that right? Yeah, bang on, bang on. There we, there we go. I, I tell you what, your name... Uh, isn't particularly easy. If you follow me on uh, on Twitter, you'll see my dyslexia shines shines through, and it's not an easy name to uh, to read yours. <laughs> it's uh, it's followed me around all my life, to be fair. Um, and the weird, yeah, the weird story behind it is that um, so I was born, obviously, uh, as if if people couldn't guess, my name's pretty pretty Scottish yeah. um, or get or Gaelic, um, and so I was born born. Rory Lawson McConaughey and mum wanted a Rory dad didn't want the English spelling of Rory because at the time it was 91 World Cup and Rory Underwood was like the poster boy um really so yeah he, he was he was happy with Rory but as long as it was the, the like the Scottish the Scottish spelling um and now the irony being obviously his son his son that he named so Scottish was an English winger <laughs> I absolutely love that so was so was rugby in your family yeah 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 my um well not, not, uh, I guess, uh, like first class. But dad was, dad was a Scottish schoolboy, I think, or, or definitely tried. He always loved it. Um, and then my, my both my brothers and me have grown up playing it and sort of been our main sport. Um, oh, yes. Yeah, yeah, and always loved it. So, what are your brothers up to now? Are we expecting them to pop up on the wing for Bath or some other Premiership club sometime no. soon? <laughs> I wish. I, I think they probably would have would have been good enough um, to push on. Uh, we so we played like, jeez, uh, Kent Division One, Kent Division Two uh, for Cranbrook Rugby Club, and we yeah. I, I think they could have been good on good enough to push on a few levels there. But my older brother uh, sort of focused on his work and. Similar to similar to my little brother now, he's he's kicking around at Dorking when he when he fancies turning up, um, and definitely good enough to to play for their first team. But it's it's whether he actually turns up during the week to train. Really? Why is there a reluctance for him to yeah. train for Dorking? What's he? You know, what what's his malfunction uh, it, there? I guess it, I guess it, yeah, I guess it's just um, he he works in the city. <clears throat> um, you can't always get out in time, and I guess the reality of it is that he's. He's got to have his job to pay the bills. So if, yeah. if that comes first, then it's not. It's, he can't really do much about it. He can't tell. Well, unless I guess he turns around and tells Dorking if they pay him his, his job in the city, then he'd happily turn up every training session. <laughs> uh, I'm pretty sure that there is a rugby club. I'm trying to think who who it is now, but the, but but there are quite a few really good city rugby clubs, and I'm pretty sure a lot of them change their training just so they can get the lads in um, in, oh, in really? once a week. Yeah. I, 
I know oh, but fair. Bank of England def- definitely have a team, but I don't know if it's staffed with Bank of England employees. Yeah, I know. I definitely know HSBC have a team because I played against them when I was playing for Cranbrook. Do they um, really? But yeah, I, yeah, yeah, yeah. They've got a team. Um, they got a great, great pitch actually. <laughs> yeah, I was once invited to play for BT Sports <laughs> against Sky Sport, and I was quite keen for it up until the days running up to it. And I thought, actually, I'm probably nowhere near as good as I yeah. think, particularly if you know. Um, Scott Quinnell's playing. Now, I know Scott is like 45, but I still think that he'd waste me. And there was actually some, some other names on there. I thought, actually, yeah, no, they are still pretty good. He's a massive good. man. <laughs> yeah. There's still Will Greenwood who plays a bit, isn't he? Uh, I gave Will Greenwood a try scoring pass once. Oh, yeah. Uh, same to fame. Well, I mean, it, it, it was an interception, but but I still gave, gave him the pass. <laughs> <laughs> so, um... You've been um, you've you've not taken the most normal route in route in um, into rugby. So how did you find yourself initially on the seven circuit? Because I guess that's where you made your name. Yeah, I guess um, obviously, yeah. As I said, like we gr- we grew up loving loving rugby, and um, and I would have kept on playing it even if it wasn't my job, sort of thing. But um, yeah, I went to so played at school, played at clubs, then did a year out in New Zealand, um, sort of stereotypical gap student um mm-hmm. worked in a school and played a bit for a club out there and then came back to uni um uni gloucestershire where i played um for their team i think it was like, sort of like western 1a yeah. um so we played a lot of uni sort of second or third teams um but like it was it's good crack great social um like still still got seriously good match from there um and then, yeah, through, just through that, I um, ended up meeting a guy called Phil Llewellyn, who was our coach there, and he he was the England students' manager at the time, and he sort of suggested that I put myself forward for that um, and managed to crack England students uh, the year later. And then from there, got invited to Great Britain Uni's uh, seven side, oh, where wow. we had a competition. Yeah, had a competition in Brazil. Um we yeah ended up winning, and actually, I don't think I had sort of the best of tournaments. But um, like I was, I was on the bench for most of the tournament behind you know the referee Hamish Smales. Yes, yes, I do. Refs to the front. Yeah, he was he was starting ahead of me at centre, and then I used to come off and come on in the second half, um, and ended up coming on in the second half of the final, like I'd done all all tournament, but ended up sort of having having a great second half, and like ev- everything I did. Uh, worked out sort of thing, one of those games where everything you touch is gold and you could try things that you'd never try in a million years and it would, it would pull off. So worked out well. And a few weeks later, got a got a call from Simon Amor in the sevens just asking if I wanted to do a trial, sort of trial week down there. Um, and that week turned into six weeks. At wow. the end of that, they um, they said, look, there's, there's nothing sort of in the budget now because it was the start of the season and I was oh, to be fair I still had a year of uni left and they were like but there's a potential for um, for you to like have a contract for, for next season so that was it, there was nothing in stone um, so I sort of said that's great um, went back um, that year I just started playing for Hartby RFC on a, the Saturday side yeah um, just through links just, just did a pre-season with them and ended up playing for them um, in that one uh, so kept on playing for them and then April time, yeah, April time I got an official offer through, um, yeah, from the sevens. So was it ever your intention to play professional rugby? Or was it just something that you enjoyed doing? 
Uh, definitely not an intent. By, by that point, I think if you asked me 16 years old, I would have been like, yeah, that's, that's what I would want to do. That's, that's the pathway for me. Um, but I was never, never in a county side, like through age groups, never in any academy. Um, and sort of by 18, I was like, well, most people, if they're picked in a professional club, that's, that's it now. Um, and I was like, I'm nowhere near that. So it was more, yeah, just, just carry on enjoying it and play to as high level as I, as I could, uh, not thinking about professional. Um, I was literally a few months away from trying to get onto a PGCE and do, do my teaching degree. Um, and then, yeah, the the seventh contract came up, so it was it was definitely not intended. Um, but sort of as I'd had that taste of it when I was on trial with the sevens, it was it it was something that I definitely wanted to do. Yeah, yeah. But where did you play most of your schoolboy rugby? Was that actually in a school or was that a club? Played played at school, um, Cram, Cranbrook School again. Um, so yeah, played for the school and then played for that local local rugby club, which yeah. is very. You know, very small club, um, but massive, like a huge mini and junior section. Um, and you know, they've they've actually turned out a few from a very rural area, quite a few sort of pros. So it was myself, but um, I think uh, Harry Sloan was the first. Oh, nice! To come out of there. Yeah, yeah. I was at school with his older brother, and then uh, Nathan Earl as well. Um, wow! Like his Nathan's dad, Nathan's dad, coached me all the way through. Middies and juniors, and then played with his older brother as well. There can't be a massive age group gap, can there, between you and Nathan? No, there's uh, what is it? So I think years? he's he's uh, two, three years. Oh, so you, so you weren't yeah. turning out in the same Colts team? Or I mean, that'd be terrifying. No, 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 no. What wasn't wasn't in the same? Yeah, wasn't the same uh, one as him. He's um, yeah, he was. Yeah, three years below me, and then Harry Stone was two years because he was in my little brother's year. I see. So, yeah, it, it all seems to have worked out fairly well for you then, particularly as uh, Simon Amor, your your first professional coach, is, is now uh, residing in England. Have you had any chat, chats with yeah. Simon? Yeah, had had some chats. I, like, <laughs> ironically, the first chat I had was about why I wasn't in this current Six Nations quad. Uh, <laughs> but, um, no, it, it's good. Like, obviously... I know how I can chat to Simon. It's not like I'm chatting to a new, a new coach or a coach that I see once or twice a year. Um, so it's 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 good to be able to have someone that I know, I know um, and I and I know I can be relaxed around and, and chat about whatever. Um, as he's yeah, he's been he's been with me for uh, what it was about three and a half years, and yeah, loads of ups and downs in sort of that short time. Um, so it's good. It's 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 great. Um, yeah, it's great for him being there. Like it's awesome. Obviously, put sevens a bit more on the map, um, and like it's, it's obviously a massive challenge for him, having not done fifteens in ages. But um, I do think, I honestly think that, like you know, given time, I think he could be he could be a really good fifteens fifteens coach. Yeah, it's a really interesting. I mean, it's kind of good. It kind of dovetails into what I was going to ask you anyway. But I never really thought of the Simon Amor aspect. But you know, how much of a difference do you think it is planning an attack for a fifteens game? compared to planning an attack for a sevens game? Yeah, I think it's a huge, like, just, it's it's so contrasting, like, they're not, they're not really the same game, they've obviously got the same laws and stuff, but actually, they're, they're just so different. Mm-hmm. Um, sevens is obviously so, it's so limited in what you can do in terms of numbers from a, from say, a strike play or how we're going to play, but I think at the same time, you know, he's, he's a proper student of the game and, um, like, I haven't, I 
I'm yet to meet someone sort of as as, as intelligent as him um, around the game. He's like a sort of mini human computer. The way he can just work things out for us um, when we were on the seventh side. So um, I, I think he will be good. I think is uh, obviously his relationship with him was good. Um, over the summer he came in and helped out with some skills um, and he just wants to learn he wants to get better and stuff he's, he's a pretty competitive bloke so I'm sure it'll, it'll leave no, no stone unturned in terms of him him getting better as a coach and him getting experience in Yeah and from your experience of him at Sevens again I know it's not, not the same spot but what are the sort of things that he looks for as a coach and what, what kind of things does he demand off you? Um, his standards are very high Um and he he is very detailed, um, which I think can help. Which that that can translate really well into 15s. Just how how little things can can help massively. Um, so I, I guess it's it's those are the main things that stand out for me. I think he he is a very nice bloke um, off the field, but he will he'll demand um, as much as, he as possible on the on the pitch and on the training pitch. So um, yeah, he, I, I think he, he can he can help out the boys loads, and I think it's good to have. Of something different in there. Yeah, I was talking to Rob Vickerman. In fact, I, I interviewed him uh, on basically the subject of sevens. And it amazed yep. me the sort of people that are attracted to sevens, as in the amount of detail Rob was talking about, about the science, you know, uh, the science at sevens. He said that when he was with Ben Ryan, they were training in the middle of the night. So when they landed wherever they go yep. in Brazil or somewhere, they would be yep. in the right time zone. I, it just blows my mind. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I remember us. Um, almost going to a point where we were, depending where which country we went, we would wake up an hour earlier every morning for the five days leading up to the flight or, or go to bed an hour later. Um, yeah, there's loads of details around it and things like, um, uh, say, before Dubai or before, before Sydney, we'd do a training session and then from there we'd immediately go into the sort of the change rooms and get, in, get into a sauna. Um, and try and sort of stay in there for 20 minutes just to really stress our bodies and, and get used to that heat. Cause oh, my God, actually, really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because, like, it's ridiculous. Like some, I think the hottest hottest temperature I played in was 37 degrees uh, oh in Sydney word. and Singapore. Um, but I think some of the boys this year, I think Sydney on the first day um, got up to 44 degrees. So it's like, how, how else can you replicate that? Yeah, I don't really know, actually. Sit in a sauna. Yeah, <laughs> so it's just yeah, yeah. There's a lot of a lot of detail goes behind it, and obviously the running loads we have to be um, in, incredibly fit. And I still think I'd, I don't think I've been um, tested physically as much as I, I was in the sevens. And it's just it's another it's another level of fitness. And then just to try and think about what moves you're running and what you have to do with the ball in hand, let alone just thinking about how you're going to breathe <laughs> and, and how do you look back at your sevens experience now are you are you glad that you don't have that workload and the travel and, or, or whatnot or are you a little bit jealous of the guys that get to go to all these all these places still um i definitely say jealous I, I, I think um you know the big the big thing about uh leaving sevens it was the big argument in my head was was what like why why should i like it's it's such a great environment where else what other job do i get to like travel the world like that, follow the summer almost all year, and then yeah. the the group the group of boys that are there that it's and, and the management is it's a very special and unique group. I don't I don't think there's anything else like it. Um, and yeah, it, it was it was a tough decision in my head because I'd obviously never tried uh, 15s, but in the end, that was the reason for it. It was it was kind of like well, I'd I'd much rather 
retire and have tried as much as possible and, and challenge myself in that way rather than happily retiring as a sevens player but with that what if at the back of my head um, yeah. so yeah no I definitely do miss do miss the lads and, and, and keep in touch with them a lot um, but um, yeah it was something that I I couldn't sort of an opportunity I couldn't turn down because you guys must get quite close because you're always on the road how, how often do you get mm. home? Um, so once the season starts it's, it's probably about six months six month season maybe six and a half month season you're you're probably away for roughly two, two and a half, three weeks at a time, and then back for three weeks, then away for three weeks. Um, and depending on when the tournament or where it is, like the travel might be, like say if you're going to Sydney, you'll you'll be leaving earlier. Um, if, if they're going to America, then they'll be sort of leaving probably the week of the tournament. Um, as normally it's... it's, yeah. it's the the organisation of the tournaments aren't the best there, so they're like, right. Well, oh, when it was Vegas, it was sort of like, however cool Vegas sounds as, as as a tournament for the players, it wasn't the greatest. So we sort of rocked in Monday or Tuesday, and then played Friday night. So um, yeah, depending on which tournament would would definitely depend on when you'd leave. But you do get very tight. It's um, I think at one point sort of was a seventeen eighteen man squad um, and sort of 12 13 of us would go on the trip so you're with the same people throughout the year and you know the first you know when you're flying out to the first destination you're all excited when you're flying back from the last destination oh. you're fed up with each other and, and need those two days off before you're back in training yeah i bet how so this is one of those things that i always think um players enjoy and the reality of it is a lot of players go to the stadium they get off the bus they get back on the bus they go home do, do you get do you get a chance to enjoy Vegas, or is it you do your game, you you recover, you're professional, you got to go again? So we we reckon there was there was something said like to world to world rugby or something, but um, yeah, they used to. So the tournaments sometimes would be in pairs, but they used to be on one off one off events. Now um, there's five sets of pairs, um, so there's ten tournaments overall, um, and. Like we, it's not a rule in place, but we've all, as England, we always said like we won't be going out after the first tournament. We'll enjoy ourselves after the second tournament, just because yeah. like the demands on your body over a seven, over a weekend is is ridiculous, and you're probably not right until the Wednesday, Thursday following following that. Um, so if you do a full tournament and then a night on the piss, you're you're killing yourself for the next week. Um, so yeah, like we we always used to we always used to say like why don't they put Vegas and Hong Kong first? Like surely they're the big nights <laughs> out. Um, but uh, but no, like sadly never got to never got to have a Vegas or Hong Kong night out. But you know it's oh. not the other places aren't aren't too bad. You know Vancouver was pretty awesome. Cape Town's incredible. So yeah. was Sydney and Hamilton. Um, and then London, obviously it's it's great having your home crowd and then being being able to do an eye out with your families and stuff afterwards is, is pretty cool now i'm gonna admit something i'm not particularly proud of but i went to london sevens last year it was an incredible yep. event i mean it really was an amazing event uh, i can yeah. hand on heart say i can't remember a single minute of rugby <laughs> and i wonder if that is a problem problem for uh problem for sevens because you've got these guys that work so bloody hard to get there and uh, execute these moves and whatnot and uh, as a rugby fan a big rugby fan I didn't actually manage to see a single... I mean, I'm, I know I did watch a game, but I could not tell you for the life of me who played or what happened yeah. in, in, uh, 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 in that game. 
Yeah, but like at the same time, we 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 love that. We love the the sort of the party atmosphere um, at at the sevens and stuff. And we know not like maybe the diehard diehard noises out there will be able to sit there throughout the day sober and watch whatever it is forty or fifty sevens games. Um, but like we love that the events and you know if, if people come back in for the England games or come back in for a few games oh, yeah. then go back out and party like it's 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 quality so, um, and I, I did the same actually for the first time last year I, I did it as a fan with a few mates oh did you? Um, yeah yeah it was good yeah uh, which and, one? And top fun just did the Saturday oh nice well, what uh, Twickenham? yeah 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 it- at it some is point, maybe, maybe after maybe after I retire, I, I get out to Dubai and those places because it looks it looks awesome as a fan. Yeah, well, weirdly, I was talking to a friend of mine who works at World Rugby, and he was explaining to me because World Rugby own the tournaments, don't they? Rather than uh, sorry, World Rugby own the tournaments, don't they? Rather than um, like the unions. And they've kind of developed yep. this, and I've never seen them, I've never met them, but they have to develop the hardcore following of people that follow the Grand Prix around, if the Grand Prix is the right word to call it. Sometimes you do see, we've definitely got, like, there's about, I reckon, five to ten sort of diehard England <laughs> fans out there that will come to most of the tournaments that aren't our sort of, aren't our players. <laughs> um, but, um, yeah, there's definitely similar groups uh for each country that will that will follow follow it around and just they just love it like and to be fair, if you can afford it and like like love love the traveling like why not some of the places that they get to go to is yeah i'd never never thought i'd go to uh in my life let alone do it for a job so yeah pretty awesome yeah. um did, did the smaller nations impress you much because obviously they don't have much of a footprint in 15s but you know you got lads out there playing uh, from Kenya uh, USA is obviously fairly famous for it now uh, Spain Spain is another one which do do particularly well at sevens yeah there they, they are and, and that's I guess that's the beauty of it like I remember was it in my, I can't remember if it was last year or in my I think it was in my last year uh, um, uh, seven, you know Spain Mm-hmm. Yeah, but it was just like, when is that ever going to happen um, in a rugby context again? And um, yeah, it's it's definitely it's definitely a, a sport where where the underdogs can can push through. I, I remember in my first year at Vegas, I think we drew with Japan, um, and then at the end of that year, Japan went on to come fourth at the Olympics, having beaten Japan, uh, beating New Zealand in the group stage and um, and other teams. So it's it's awesome. It's awesome for those small teams. Kenya have always have never been an easy team. Um, it's always tough coming against them just because you know, they're massive blokes. We know mm. it's, it's going to be seriously physical in the breakdown and stuff and, and they just run hard. Um, so, yeah, it's it's great for those small teams. Obviously, the island nations like Samoa and Fiji. Um, Samoa, obviously, were very successful a few years ago. Um, um, and Fiji are just always there. You, you know, well... I say yeah. you know what they're going to bring, but at the same time, you don't know what's going to happen on the pitch because, yeah, it's, it's impossible to defend them when they're on their game. You know, you know that you don't know. Exactly, yeah. <laughs> expect the unexpected. So, just tell me about the transition then from sevens to sevens to fifteens. Uh, Did when you were considering it, was it a case of you had to just resign from the sevens team and then pick up the phone to an agent and hope for the best, or did you already have something lined up to go to? Uh, definitely didn't have something lined up. Um, 
you know, we, we had, we used to do our IDPs with the coaches and what we wanted to achieve that season at, at the beginning of each season. Um, and I'd had, <clears throat> I'd had chats uh, with people and then obviously with my agent, at the t- well, he's still my agent, but my agent, um, just about, you know, if if I could, he, he said he, he reckoned I could like make it in 15s and I was like, if I could, like, yeah, it's, I think it's something I want to try. Mm. Um, so I sat down this, this is why another reason I get along with Simon you know I sat down with him at the beginning of the year um, doing my IDP and, and he was like what's your season goal I was like well I want to I want to obviously improve and become a world class sevens player but at the same time I I want to have a contract offer from a premiership club and yeah. they were they were really supportive behind it they said well you know what, what can we do what, what can we put in place to to go forward so I used um you know, I used him. I used Tony Ropes at the time, who was the assistant coach, is now with USA. Um, things that I could work on uh, that would help me in 15. And, um, my agent put my name out there to, to a few clubs. Um, and to be fair, the the only ones that really really came back showing a lot of interest, I'd love to say, like, yeah, I batted away loads of them. But the only people that came back with lots of interest were, were Bath. So I followed that up. Um, and a mutual friend here. Well, a mutual friend. I had a mate here who, who was the ex England Sevens anal- analyst, um, and he, you know, he put in a good word for me here and sort of backed me up. And I'm sort of, I'm, I'm glad, I'm glad now that they, they put trust in me, put their faith in me. So prior to playing for Bath, what was the highest standard of 15s that you'd played at? Um. I guess it would have been English, England students and then National 1. Yeah. I mean, there's nothing wrong with National 1 or English students, but that's hell of a jump from, you know, yeah. uh, that to sevens, that, then straight into Bath. Yeah. Yeah, it was uh, yeah, a big, big jump. I, I guess it was um, obviously that professional environment, the sevens is the sevens is bang on with it and that, that wasn't a shock. Um, but yeah, it was it was the detail and and stuff of, of all the moves and the, the the constant info that you have to take on for for a week in week out competition um, mm. was was drastically different compared to a sevens uh, seven season where we you know we'd have a few weeks to prepare for these upcoming competitions and we know who we're playing in the group stages and that um, so yeah it was it was very different first few months were a big big shock to the system. Um, but something that you know I'd expected it wasn't it definitely wasn't going to be a walk in the park, um, and I was sort of I guess everyone's everyone's lucky at some stage, and you know there were a few injuries um, in the back three. Joe uh, got a call up for England, um, and yeah, managed to managed to get a chance off the bench um, against uh, uh, Worcester and Newcastle, and then ended up starting against Sale. Yes, uh, my first prem start. Now was that the sale? And that would six, have been yeah, six, three December, November, yeah, end of November, December time. Yeah, I'm pretty sure because you, you just, if I've got my history, right, I'm pretty sure you scored the week before, and then sale. Oh dear. Hello. Hey, mate. Yeah, sorry. I was going to say I'm pretty sure you scored the week before. You were scoring quite a lot, actually. I think. Um, but when yeah, you came to sale, was that I, six um, three? Uh, no, that was the seven all game. Six three was up at um, up at sale later. Yeah, on the that's game. the one. Later that's on the in one. the year, glorious game. Yeah, it was. Uh, we really seemed to 
bring the worst out of each other. <laughs> <laughs> oh, quite quite the contrary. I'm I'm all for a seven seven. In fact, the joke. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, the joke was prize of the game. It can't be worse than seven seven. Incorrect. It can be worse. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, I'd love to say that you know it's just two great defenses going at each other. But I think looking back at the uh, looking back at the analysis of the game, we were just like, what are we doing in attack? <laughs> yeah, well, I, and they'll probably be doing the exact, and they'll be doing the exact same. Well, I remember you were one on one, and it was six three. Nothing had happened. It must have been like seventy minutes in, and I was convinced. I was convinced that you were going to break, break the line. In fact, you might have broken the line. I think you were one on one with someone else. Uh, maybe, maybe yeah, maybe I, I, I broke the line and I, I think I cut in. I think, yeah, I think I cut in and got tackled by someone. Thankfully, and then we screwed it. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, so uh, coming into Bath, I mean, it's not just a 15s team, is it? It is one of the great 15s organisations on on the planet with some of the greatest players on the planet. And I know you've been around around the world and you've played. Oh, actually, we need to talk about the Olympics too. Um, but you've you've done all all these things. Well. Was any of you a little? Was any part of you a little bit apprehensive about the environment you're going into and the personalities that you were going to um, bump into? Um, yeah, I, I think I was. I think um, obviously going from going from the sevens, which um, like no no disrespect to the RFU, it's like the fund the funding is there for the sevens. It's obviously it's but it's not the same as a Premiership club. Is it, it like the the salaries and stuff? It, it's not. There's no, there's no rock stars in the sevens world that um, like there is in the fifteens world. Mm. Um, so I potentially going from there in, into that premiership, into that fifteens environment where I knew um, there are a lot of big names, a lot of you know mega stars in the rugby world um, playing for Bath was a bit daunting. But I, I, at the same time, you got at the same time you got to realise that you know you're there, you're all there to play for the same team, and if you if you're doing well and you're working hard, you'll get the respect that way. So. Yeah. Um, yeah, it was. It's you know, it's great having the names that we do, and like the experiences that they have, and stuff you can learn off is is awesome. Um, it's also good having you know the names that we do in the back three, like like Yoroko or Anthony, and now and now Joe. But then at the same time, Bruy's played. Bruy's got a few caps for Wales. Um, so it's yeah, it's it's awesome um, having the names we do. Um, but yeah, at the start, I guess it was a bit daunting. So you were starting even when a lot of those names were fit. I know that um, I know that um, Watson was Watson injured when you first get, get, came over. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So Anne didn't come back. Uh, it might have been. It was his calf. Might it have been not? sale. Uh, it might have been actually that six three six three sale game. Um, that was his first game back. Now, do you think it's the fact that you were competing with all those big names and yet still starting, which made you stand out for Eddie Jones when he made his selection? And actually, have you ever been told like what it was that um, the England coaches really liked, and you know why why you're there, and then what's expected of expected of you? Um, yeah, they 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 like the way um, they just said that they like the way I ran, beat people, um, and sort of just my fight and contact was good, and then obviously airily. Uh, they like that a lot as well, um, and I guess at the same time that's that's why uh, that was my recent feedback for the Six Nations and stuff. Obviously, I had the best form coming back from the World Cup. A few injuries at the same time hasn't helped either. So it's it's that's that's what I enjoy doing. Those those are the things that I back myself at. Um, it's just getting back to doing that. And yeah, I guess a few times last year I stood out in a few games. It always it does always help where you're kind of unknown and people don't really know how to defend you. Yeah. Um, but 
at the same time, you know, the, the guys were playing well and putting me into. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. So, um, yeah, it just seemed to work well for me. And, I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm glad, I'm, glad they, I'm glad they picked me up. Now, with England feedback and with their coaches, are they... Are they picking you for what they want you to do? Or are they picking you for what you can do? So what I'm trying to ask there, I guess, is, you know, if you are good at a certain thing, do they want all their wingers to be to be good at that? Uh, you know, is there a stereotypical winger they want? Or are they just um, tailoring the team to what each individual is good at, if that makes sense? Yeah, I've, I've, since, well, since I've been involved, um, I've always had, the confidence that they've given me saying like you're good at this and that's what we want you to do mm. um as in individually um obviously obviously there's there's stuff that we want to be as a back three in terms of world class in the air across the board um and and that's something we we work hard uh work 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 hard on um but if you look at you know if you look at the makeup of the back three at the moment or, or what there was in the world cup actually each individual is is so different um you know just just from Bath, we've got myself, Joe, and Ant, and I. Yeah, I definitely say we're ve- we're three very different players. Yeah, you are, aren't you? And then there's obviously, yeah, um, jo- Johnny's a very different player, and then Elliot at the time was, yeah, obviously a, a player that can play across the back line, highly skillful, and like in lots of different positions. Um, and now they've got um, George George Furbank at 15, who's who's been, I think he's been absolute class in the Prem the last sort of 12 months so it's good to see what, you know uh, they're rewarding people that have been that are, that have been on form and obviously it's been a tough few first games for him but that's in terms of what weather and 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 opposition um but yeah I, I think it's i think it's always been sort of back back yourself back back what you're good at um and that's that's why you're here what's what's caught your eye regarding george Fur- furbank i'm not disagreeing with you at, um, at all by the way but i'm just interested from like a back three point of view someone who does it professionally yeah, I, I guess it was like his attacking play. I thought I thought was awesome last year, and like especially when we were like looking at playing Saints and um, just the way he can link. Like you can see he can slot in at ten if need be. Um, but just yeah, I guess just that his his ability to just to back himself and run and, and find those lines and beat people, um, mm. and then also have a great boot on him as well. Just like helps massively like he's not the biggest of blokes but he does make a lot of line breaks he just i think he's just a very smart rugby player yeah yeah i i think we didn't see the best of him against france i think he'll slowly get better because he's a he is a decent player he's very good actually yeah 
yeah, yeah, definitely. And I, I guess that's that's the difference in terms of in in prem, you get you probably get more chances. Um, Fifty uh, international wise, you, you really don't, and and that's probably what I found as well in in my two games that you just you don't get as many chances as you do in the prem. So when you do, you've got to take them. Do you feel under more pressure when you go to England as opposed to when you're at Bath Camp? Um, I guess not over the, not over the summer in terms of leading up to the World Cup. I, I went in there um, never expecting in a million years, sort of two months before the camp started, that I'd be involved. Yeah. Um, so it was kind of like, look, take people came and went sort of at the end of each week. Um, and it was like, you know what, take each week as it comes. If I'm not here next week, then it's still better than I thought I'd be. So, um, yeah, I was very, I was pretty carefree throughout the camp. Just literally just sort of went, just completely went for it um, in everything we did, whether it was on the pitch or, or attempting to sort of like socialise and stuff after I was going to make the most out of it, most out of it all because I never knew when the chance would would come again um, yeah. but yeah I, I guess that was all good and then when it came into matches um, perhaps I, yeah I probably well I came away feeling sometimes in the games I, I, I didn't do myself justice because I got a bit nervous um, I maybe went into my shell a bit um, just of that fear of making a mistake you don't want to make a mistake and international stage especially at a World Cup um, where like the games are you know, you're under you're under a lot of pressure to perform. Yeah. Um but but at the same time, you know, um off the pitch and training, it, it wasn't it wasn't a massive amount of pressure. It was it was a squad that really, you know, really enjoyed each other's company and, you know, that was some of my favourite bits of the socialising um stuff and, and part being part of that squad. That's a really interesting point you make about the um about the attitude you had towards training. Because I guess if you're a seasoned international and this is your last chance at the World Cup, you've already been to one, you might get a little bit high, highly strung if you know you think you're not going to get there. From your case, it could be that, yeah. care, that you know the, the way you could play carefree, train care, care, carefree, really played into your advantage. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I think I think it did, it did play into my advantage. I think I obviously wasn't worried about getting dropped because it was obviously I wanted to be there the next week and the next week after that. But at the same time. It was still incredible, a dream come true to be to be involved in an England camp, let alone um, end up going to a World Cup. So yeah, it was it was just making sure I enjoyed it at the same time, um, and just re- yeah, really went for it. Um, how was the team announced to you guys? Was it like on a bit of paper on on the back of a change room or a text, or you all get an individual call uh, from Eddie? Yeah, it was, it was kind of it was on a like on a WhatsApp group, um, which seems to be a thing. Um, well, it just popped up saying England World Cup squad. Yeah, it's, it's a lot of the time. It's um, you know the, the guys that don't make it are probably are probably told individually. Yeah. Um, so if you're not told anything, it's normally it's normally a good thing. Um, but yeah, we yeah we got and put on a WhatsApp group and. Um, yeah, got literally from there. From it was uh, the hotel in London we were staying, um, and got on the bus from there and went to yeah went to Bristol for for the announcement that afternoon. That's astounding. So the first time you know you're going to Japan is on a WhatsApp group. Yeah, what was yeah, it? yeah. I remember I remember bumping into the the manager 
um, on the staircase who actually who, she works with the sevens for a bit. And I was still like, I was looking at it and I hadn't really processed in my head that it was true. And she oh, sort of came cool. in and, and sort of like shouted and like gave me a big hug. And I was like, oh, fuck, I am, yeah. <laughs> what, was the, what was the WhatsApp group called? Um, I, it was literally just the next next week's camp. It wasn't even about World Cup. It was because we knew we knew it was after the Wales team, oh, I see. after the first initial Wales game. So actually, the next week's the next week camp would have been would have been Wales away. So it would literally have been something as simple as that. Wow. Well, I, who was the first person p- person that you phoned or told? Um, would have been my girlfriend, um, and then yeah, girlfriend. I think I tried. to phone a few people but it's like standard <laughs> family no one picks up um, yeah. so, so yeah my girlfriend then you know mum and dad and then my um i know my old brother i think was away i think he was on a school oh, tour cool. or something um but he didn't get it until late that's absolutely uh, incredible. but yeah it was my close close family first and then i sort of let them tell everyone i wasn't gonna start texting everyone because the news was going to come out sort of two hours later yeah so did you phone your girlfriend to ask for permission to go away for six weeks? Bang on time, six six minutes. Yeah, that is weird, isn't it? That is, that that is weird. Um, what was I was ask then? Oh yeah, did you phone your girlfriend to ask permission to go away for six weeks? Yeah, <laughs> no. I phoned her to let her know she could have a holiday for two weeks and she'd come out. <laughs> uh, yeah, um, but no, it was, yeah, it was awesome. Awesome telling everyone and actually realise sort of the achievement it is with how how excited and emotional they get for you. Yeah, it it is incredible. I mean, it's incredible for players, but I always, yeah, like you say, I always think it must be amazing for parents and family and whatnot. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. And, you know, they're, they're the guys that sort of followed you since you first picked up a ball and, and, you know, were there at those horrible wet Sundays or Saturdays watching you play in a terrible standard rugby game. Um, so so to be able to, yeah, see see their kid doing stuff like that is, is, is pretty cool. Now, as the tournament went on, obviously England got to, got, got, got to World Cup final. How did England go about making sure that the guys who were on, more on the periphery of the squad... Um, felt like you know this this is a team effort and that and that we're all involved and did 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 anyone did it ever feel that way um it i think obviously every every individual is different um i think as i I alluded to earlier like i felt myself down sometimes on the pitch um probably after the usa game i didn't feel like i fired enough shots um in terms of to really challenge for that in that starting 23 because like you know to, to be able to challenge in that in that sort of back three area you, you're competing against some of the best back three in the world and you know it's a testament to them and it was always going to be tough um so maybe that first day after the usa game i was i was pretty down in terms of like that that sort of my chance gone yeah um, when it comes to because after that it was it was crunch time it was argentina france and then quarters so um it was always going to be I guess it was always going to be the starting team. We are, we'll, we'll never know about France, but um, yeah, it was uh, it, it, it was tough initially for that period. But actually, after that, you, know, you, you didn't you didn't notice like unless you were training and stuff. But even though then the training standards were so high and we were enjoying ourselves training, um, 
off the pitch, nothing changed. Like everyone was still socialising the same. The only time it was different was on a match day where 23 of them would play and, you know, uh, whatever it was, eight of us, seven of us didn't, eight of us didn't. And what what did you find yourself doing on the match days that you weren't playing? Uh, so not, non, non-23 would, would train in the morning because obviously... A long tournament. If if you're constantly, if you're consistently missing out on a match day, then you you're gonna um, fitness is slowly gonna go. So you sort of get a bit of a hit in the morning, um, and then after that, like as a group, we'd go for food and and chill and relax. Like um, they they were pretty keen on us, you know, enjoying ourselves because you know if you're not picked, you want to be you want to be playing. But if you're not, then you don't want to you don't want to have members of your squad that are going to be that are going to be gloomy and going to be affecting the rest of the squad. So we we knew that was a big oh, important sick. thing. So um, we'd go have food, uh, maybe a coffee, just enjoy ourselves until the game, and then we'd all get on the bus. Uh, there'd always be two buses um, to the team, so the whole squad and management would would get to the game then, and then we'd. We'd be by, sat by the warm up watching them, and then by, like when we fancy, we'd go up to the seats in the stand to to watch, which was yeah pretty horrible watching. Not because you were not playing, just because you can't have any effect on on imagine. the game, and yeah, just the nerves were were through the roof. Yeah, if you're not playing, I mean, it's not. Don't get me wrong, playing for for coaching Didsbury Sock H is not quite the same as watching the national team when you're involved in in, in the setup. <laughs> I get that, uh, but yeah, when you're when you can't influence the results it's in a lot of a lot of ways so much worse yeah 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 it, it, it is tough i think <clears throat> i think the australia game the australia game was was all right um because i felt like felt we were yeah we we were good enough before the game i think new zealand even though if i felt we were good enough it was it was new zealand it was always going to be a seriously tough test i, I never knew we'd we played that well and and like it was that win that convincingly um and then obviously the final was the final and you can't do anything about it and it was pretty clear sort of from 20 minutes in that yeah. it, it wasn't going to be our day how hard is it for the team to pick themselves up after that because you know on the one hand they've lost the world cup on the other hand they're in a world cup final you know no matter what anyone says how disappointing you how disappointed you were to lose that it's still one hell of an achievement to get there. I know that might be a bit of a losery mentality, but it doesn't change the facts. It's an amazing achievement. Yeah, exactly. And uh, although it's <clears throat> like it will still be tough to take for for a lot of for a lot of the guys um, that are involved because it was it was it could be their last shot. Um, uh, and and we know we we didn't do ourselves justice on the day. We you know out of out of the past probably 18 months, that was probably the worst we played. Um, and, and to be fair, you know, South Africa didn't let us play. Yes. Um, and that was, that was, that was how well they did. So, um, but you know, it was, it was an incredible journey. Um, and like those, those, I think we were, I think it was 22 weeks we were in camp before. Goodness me. Um, and that was, yeah, those were incredible time. And it was, it was just like truly awesome, like the, the different experiences we had, whether it was training in, in England or training in Treviso. Um, yeah, it, and, and then obviously the World Cup itself was, was awesome. So the journey was incredible. Like the result at the end of it wasn't what we wanted, but it's still some seriously good memories. Now, what was your favourite part of Japan? Because I went out there for the, for the World Cup. In fact, I went to the Argentina game and the USA game. Um, I absolutely loved it. But where, where did you boys enjoy going? And more to the point, where did you enjoy going? 
Um, I did. I did like Tokyo as a place. Um, obviously, lots to do. Um, I really enjoyed. Uh, obviously, Kobe was 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 great um, as it was sort of my World Cup cap and yeah. and we had three days or two two or three days afterwards um, just to relax uh, before we were back in training. So if you had family there, you could spend time with them. If not, you could do stuff like soccer was right around the corner, so we could enjoy ourselves. Um, and then, yeah, I, I guess every every city had its, its different appeal. I, I can't say I enjoyed Oyster that well. Uh, Quarterfinal yeah, destination. Yeah, not the most not the most things to do there. Uh, I mean, the stadium was incredible, but apart from that, it was yeah, there was naffle. Um And then our our camp, our, our sort of camp before the tournament in Miyazaki down south. Um, I loved it actually. It was a, it was great hotel, great for people. Um, and it was just a great feeling. I think it was the feeling amongst the camp that, you know, we were actually out there. We were out in a World Cup. Um, we had a week to train together, but we, like sort of we'd all made it and this is why we were here. And, yeah, it was a great feeling. Um, and just, yeah, just an awesome or, or, awesome country. Um, and, yeah, I probably haven't answered your question in terms of what my favourite place was. <laughs> yeah, well, I, I, but, I, yeah. I've, I've got to say, I thought the uh, the trip between... Kobe and Osaka that that period of time there because the World Cup had just really kicked off I think that was all pretty pretty special actually yeah yeah it was it, it was it was really good it was I think um yeah it, it was just I, I loved the way the country had got behind it um and you know people out in the streets uh they could tell you a rugby player from a mile away um <laughs> but like they they were mad about it um and I, I had I had a few mates that book last minute um to come out and they uh, um no richard didn't come out did he did he come out i can't remember no i think no, he, he would have mentioned it if i if i'd have seen yeah him. yeah yeah no he, he didn't come out but like that group of mates like four of them i think came out five of them and they they just loved they had the time of their lives so like me catching up with them and hearing their stories was was class and like my dad came out uh, my girlfriend came out and it was yeah they all they just loved it now you've also been to an olympics very true. <laughs> Which is a, uh, I mean, I, I'm just, I was just racking my brains as you were talking. Then you must be the only guy in the England team to have done both, right? Yes, yeah, in the England team. I think there were there were a few of us at the World Cup. I think obviously Cheslin and uh, Quagga Smith from South Africa, and then I, I bet think, there's a bunch of boys in the United States that that went. There were two. I think there was uh, Yusef, Martin Yusefo, who was actually like, which is quite poetic. He was my opposite man in the USA game, ah. um, and we we've played against each other for yeah four years now on the seven series, and then to come up against each other in the World Cup was pretty like pretty special. I so bet I managed to swap was, shirts yeah. with him at the end of the game, well, um, which is surprising because I assume you, that you've already got that one. Uh, which one? Uh, the USA shot. Yeah, yeah, from uh, from no, the Olympics. I, yeah, I actually hadn't hadn't swapped hadn't swapped with the USA team uh, before. I, ma- I made it a made it a thing in my last year. Um, yeah, trying to trying to make sure I swapped some shirts from different countries, but I never got the USA, so that was a nice little bonus. So, if it was a toss up, which one? If you had to choose one, which one would you choose? The Olympics or oh, the World Cup? You can't be saying that. Um, they're just so different, I guess. I, I guess the Olympic is what the, you know, the biggest 
sporting stage in the world. Um, and I absolutely loved it. But then again, the World Cup was, was such a special journey. And it's, Jesus, it's that. You're not the first person to ask, ask me it, but I, I honestly don't know. I honestly don't know. They're, just because they're so different um, in terms of the journeys around it and the experiences. Um, maybe ask me in a year or two's time, I might say, but at the moment, I can I can tell what. Well, what's it like um, hanging around the Olympic Village? That must be a fairly strange experience. Yeah, it, it was awesome. It was... Um, I, I've, I've always... <clears throat> So, like, apart from rugby, like, I grew up absolutely loving athletics and, and, and the Olympics itself. Like, I've always been a massive, massive fan of it and, like, used to just be glued to the screen every time sort of the Diamond League or the World Champs were on. Um, so, like, being there and, and seeing all the athletes that I'd, I'd grown up watching there um, was was so cool. And it, this was my first year in sort of professional rugby, so it was still all <laughs> relatively, relatively new to me. Um so yeah, it was incredible. Like first first lift, I remember getting in. Uh, like Bradley Wiggins was in, and the cyclist and the rest of the cyclists. Um, Andy Murray was was around, and like Justin Rose was a really big fan of ours. God. Like he got, we always chat, always chatted to him and stuff, and got like I think we did two gym sessions, and he was in there at, at the same time. So we ended up just chatting and having a laugh. Um, and then obviously the after parties, you're all all the GB athletes go to this one place. Uh, like the GB house they had, uh, which was like put up by Team GB, um, and there's obviously free bars and stuff in there, and it's like everyone's there for the same. Everyone's partying at the end of the cycle for a lot of those guys who've been in those sort of lottery-funded sports. Yeah. Um, so see them like at the end of sort of four years of hard graft, um, finally let loose and just know how much they're enjoying it is is, is pretty special. It's uh yeah, an incredible, incredible environment. Did you feel like a GB athlete, or did you feel like a rugby player at the Olympics? Um, yeah, I, I guess a part of us felt definitely as rugby players at the Olympics. We felt because it, obviously it was our first, the first first year that Sevens was involved. We felt like the newbies into Team GB. Yeah. Um, but then again, we went out to a holding camp in a place called uh, Belo Horizonte, which is sort of an hour north of Rio, but the same same climate and stuff and time zone um and we were there with the with the athletes uh with the athletics and the swimmers were there I, um i'm pretty sure it was those two and like the triathletes as well um so actually we 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 got chatting to them up there for, for a week before we actually went into the village and then uh like getting the medals and stuff and seeing seeing these people on like nights out like the first night we uh, this, the night after we won uh, silver medal we went to this, this Team GB house and um, a lot of other athletes are there and you like if you win a medal you, you go in and sort of get presented and stuff and then before the night kicks off and you're wandering around like with your mates or your family that are there and there's these guys that have been to two or three Olympics before you and never won a medal and like the joy in their face oh. like seeing you and like holding your medal and asking like you know, can I hold it and stuff and see what it's like and you're just like, How, like I've I've watched you on TV over the last like eight years. Like, I know know who you are, but you're asking me if you can sort of hold my medal. It, it doesn't seem really that fair. But then you realise sort of how special how special it is to to, to get that far. Yeah. Um, did you ever think when you were looking at, at the other uh, the other athletes that you wished you played another sport or you wish you'd get, get, given something else to go judo or swimming or some some such thing? Uh, a sport. No, no. As in like. 
um, instead of rugby? Did you ever think, like, actually, damn, I, you know, I should I should have gone into fill in the blank. Yeah. <laughs> um, I think I'd probably want to go athletic. Um, I think you look at the buzz. Like if I if I when I was growing up, if someone said Olympics to me, the first thing I think of is a hundred meters or or, or or something similar in athletics. I think it'd probably be you'd probably want to go into that. Like it's it's if if you're the fastest man in the world, it's quite a cool title to hold, isn't it? <laughs> isn't that uh, Colin Isles? That's what I thought. Yeah, Jesus. Yeah, <laughs> God. It, it, I, I honestly think if he was if he if he changed allegiance and was in Great Britain, he could make our Olympic sprint team. He's he is rapid. He is rapid. Um, just one last one. Uh, just one last thing on the Olympics. Then um, after yeah. after doing that and after witnessing all the um, all the lottery funded guys, and it, it's not. Yeah, you know, I don't think people un- understand this, but it isn't all glamour working four years just to go to either the Commonwealth Games or an Olympics. It's it's pretty pretty hard. Do you feel quite fortunate yeah. to be a, a rugby player and how you boys get looked after in comp- uh, in comparison? Yeah, I'm uh, massively fortunate. Um, you know, you hear <clears throat> you hear stories off after the Olympics have happened and like, you know, someone's caught, came fourth in a in a final, um, and then they get their funding cut and suddenly they've got they they can't be a professional sports um sports person anymore and it's um, it's it's a brutal world and i think uh you 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 hear stories of of people without funding winning the the british championship especially in certain like disciplines and athletics um and it's very tough you know they they've got to try and they're trying to compete in, against the best athletes in the world in their discipline um and some of them have to do it on a part-time basis because they've got to provide for the rest of their families. So, uh, yeah, Matt, we, we were hugely lucky. Obviously, I think the RFU helped a lot um, with that with the Team GB rugby side. Um, we, we were based at Lensbury in the lead-up to it um, in London. Um, and, yeah, we were massively fortunate with that. And, um, and I'm just so happy we, 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 did, we did so well. Yeah, well, it's, a, it, it's an awesome experience. I mean, it, it really is, I think... Uh, rather special to be involved in. Um, are you yeah. are you fit and firing now for for rugby? Are you, have you yeah. still got a knock? Yeah, touch wood. I'm 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 fit and firing. It's been a bit of a niggly niggly comeback from Japan since yeah the last few months. I think I uh, I broke my hand was second that what it was? game back and yeah, and it was misdiagnosed as sort of bone bruising and I can't ask for like it didn't show up on the scan. Um, so it's not like the physios at the club got it wrong. They were literally just going off what the specialist radiographer said. Um, so I played on, yeah, sort of full game thinking it was bone bruising and it just just kept on hurting every time. So finally, um, they were like, no, we want another scan. And, and funnily enough, it was broken in two places. So Ugh. got back from that. Um, and yeah, and then suddenly weirdly in the warm-up to the Leicester game I've never had a quad issue in my life and I've just pushed done all my speed warm-up felt fine pushed off in the back units bit which is maybe three minutes long and just I felt the slightest slightest ping um and having done sort of hammy tears in the past like I, I know when well, I know when I've taught my taught my muscle um yeah. it's, it's the same feeling um and I just knew it wasn't I probably could have run at 80 percent but Obviously, there's the risk of making it worse, and then you don't want to be that guy that says he's fine, and then a minute into the game says he's not fine. Um, so yeah, so that was a that was a bit of annoying. Um, I was only sort of played the Ulster game and then was out again. Uh, but luckily, we had that two week break, 
in games. Um, so fingers crossed, back fit um, now and hopefully get a good run of games together. Excellent. Well, this interview will go out a week later, so you can so you can confide in me now. Um, will you be starting yeah. this week? Are, are you are you actually available for selection on uh, this, yeah, this weekend? Yeah, yeah, da- yeah. Down to start, yeah, down to start this week. Um, obviously, it, like in terms of the wing stocks, it doesn't help at the moment with um, uh, obviously Anthony recovering, Joe also out, um, and then you know me and Rocco played last weekend. Gabe Hammerweb's been, I think he's been class every time he's played this year, and probably. It yeah, should be a bit scary. It should be a bit scary for us that he's only nineteen and, and absolutely carving up. So he's away with the England twenties at the moment um, and doing well for them. So it'll be good getting him back. Um, and then obviously when when the other two get back fit as well. I tell you, the player who I'm really enjoying this season uh, is Tom Homer. I remember Tom Homer breaking through yeah. at nineteen and being absolutely brilliant. In fact, I don't know if you know this, he was actually he was actually Premiership top scorer one season. Yes, yeah. uh, he, used to, he got the golden boot as well, yeah. didn't he? Uh, and he's yeah. injuries, not quite come back. But if he if he starts to fulfil his early promise, I think he's a cracking player. So fingers crossed. For yeah, him. yeah, yeah, definitely. I think he, he had a few niggly injuries last year. Obviously, it's you know it, it's hard <clears throat> if you're not in the team and you've got a guy like Ant Watson starting in at fifteen. Um, it would it's incredibly hard to try and break in that way. But I'm so like. I'm so happy he's had a has had a run of games and like I, he's been outstanding and just like can create magic and he's he's super safe under the high ball and he's also got a massive boot on him so um, yeah if he's playing well we're playing well so I hope he stays fit. Oh, uh, awesome. Well, how um, R- uh, Rory? No, uh, how do I say him? Rory. Rory. There we go. Rory. Uh, can I just say it's been an absolute pleasure. Um, thank you for being so candid. Uh, with me about your experiences throughout professional rugby um, where can one find you on social media and do you post much uh, so I'm on Instagram and Twitter both under the same handle um, which would be Rory spelled my way or Rory, Rory. Uh, MC, yeah MCC and that's it <laughs> excellent mate thank you so much we'll have to have you on Egg Chasers soon and uh, yeah we, we will need to do uh, to do this again uh, someday Yes, no, looking forward to it. Thanks a lot, mate. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 